Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am fine. How are you? Just wonderful. Yes, I'm so happy we didn't get the snow we were supposed to supposed to get. I just and have a couple so... words. Hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that too. No interest. Yep. No interest. Well, we and I, Lynn. We have to keep looking towards the next, in our case, 12 days. From the time you're listening, it'll be 10 days um, to get through this and get to the actual first day of spring. Yeah. It's coming. Can't get here soon. I love the spring, too. And it's oh, sort of, the I thing do. about the spring is you lose a lot of it because... It starts getting too hot too quick, you know what yeah. I mean? And then you, I just love those when the flowers start to pop and the days are longer and it's a little warm, but you still need a little, like, I, I don't know. I just love it. It was my mother's favorite time of the it's year. My she show. loved, love it. loved spring. And I didn't really, uh, as a kid, I didn't care about it. I just wanted summer so I could be not in school and yeah. doing fun things. But the more I've grown up, the more I realize how much I really like spring. It's and it's just that it's the renewal Hopeful, thing exactly. that I love. And that's the reason why the other season, I love love the summer, love yes. it, but I don't like to be hot, hot, so, you know, it's it gets that way. The humidity, I don't mind the heat, I don't, the hum, it's so humid here in this neck of the woods, but yeah. whatever, we shall not complain because it's all good. It's all happening in full speed ahead on the spring thing. Yay! So how and was your week? My week was really pretty interesting. Um, I am st uh, stuck in so many ways, and yet there's a major progress that happened this week that I'm just tickled to death about. Which You know is... that I've been trying to sell my uncle's home. Yes, of and, course. And so um, at this point on Tuesday morning, um, Attorney Bridget Carey and I went before Judge Gerulo, and um, we had a petition <clears throat> to allow all of the outstanding taxes to be paid from the sale of the house mm -hmm. and no more. And so it was granted. Yay. Oh, that's great. Yay. <laughs> so now we can go to closing um, and, and do that. And that'll be good for the house, too. Good. Yes, Renewal for the house. house. Yeah, I'm really happy that that's going to happen. So... There we are. Good. That's good news. And then um, I wanted to move, but couldn't get that put together. I'm trying to figure out what I have to do about putting down a rug because it's all tile. In and your I'd new like to, locale. Yes. So I have to get that straightened out and um, buy one. But you've got a good spot. I've got a good spot. Where you're at. 
Give me where I'm going, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, where you're going to be. Yes. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's great. fabulous. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. I can't wait. Can't wait to get there. And that's part of the problem is that I've been working out of my house because I have um, the printer in the house. So I can't take the computer places and sit there and do anything. So and that you means... you have a mild disturbance in your house. Just, yes. <laughs> Nicely said. See? <laughs> yes, yeah. it's called a husband. Yeah, him. Yeah, Patrick uh, A. DiNapoli. That's the guy. Who thinks you're not really working when you're working because yes. he isn't, right? Yes. Mm, I know. And I tried the other day to uh, make a phone call when I was sitting with him. And um, he just continued to talk, talk and cough. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> No, you can't do this. Uh, so I end up going upstairs and secluding myself in a in, in one the of bathroom. the bedrooms. I was maybe maybe it <laughs> should bathroom. be a bathroom. And you hear the echo. Yes. Oh god. But um making progress. Making progress. Good. So that's good. And uh hopefully by the time we get together next week I can make another great announcement of a relationship that I've been working on for years, a business relationship that I think will be uh, wrapped up tight and good to go. So oh, good. that will be extremely helpful. So there we are. So things are going well. <clears throat> and uh, Power of the Purse podcast is, is really uh, cranked up and running. Uh, last Friday, we released another one with the new company that I'm working with. So I can't wait to see what kind of results we get how many downloads and all that good stuff. My websites are in the process of being revamped completely. That'll be exciting to see that. So there's a lot going on that I'm very excited Who's about. Who's doing your website work? It's a, a company um, that's in Canada. And I, I don't remember the name of them because it's a subcontract from the people I'm working with now. Oh, okay. But they work with them um, a lot. And they've done all the stuff that we know we need to do for financial planning sites because there are a lot of restrictions on what things we can say and can't say on a website. So the more familiar they are with the things you can't say, the better it, it is in, in trying to get through the text and the pictures and all the other stuff and make it work. So I can't wait to see that because that's that's exciting. That'll probably be next week mm -hmm, to new websites. Cool. Yeah, cool. so I will be left with womenofsubstance.com and lynnsevans.com. Mm -hmm. That's great. And everything will be on one or the other. Mm -hmm. Well, we still also will have the Laurie and Lynn Show. The Laurie and Lynn Show. The Laurie and Lynn Show. There we go. Yes. Let's get a little jingle. We need to do that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we have to see again. We have to say that we are advertising on Facebook for our, sh our show. So if you see it, like it if you would mm -hmm. because they're adorable we did what did we do 50 of them lynn questions well, we, we that did, dan simrel posed to us we did them originally but i don't think we, we, he has all 50 of those ready to rock and roll i don't know if they're all out but no, well, he but, wouldn't put them all out but still no um you probably couldn't he, he, <laughs> but they were they're adorable and they're just questions that he threw at us and we had to answer them as we are in our own personalities but they're little caricatures of us avatars uh, av that's the word avatars of us and they're cute really cute mm -hmm. and i like my jawline on it i must okay. say <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's oh. much better it's much more chiseled shall we say uh, well that's very nice yeah. i didn't recognize that well part. i did <laughs> 
years. But your hair and your glasses look yes. identical. Yes. Well, speaking of that, I also got a new photo done. Did you oh, see yeah, it? Oh, yeah, you showed yes. it, but it wasn't touched up. Well, this was touched up. And, and remember, so not looks, touched up. You didn't have it. Remember, you you couldn't, I couldn't forward it. I couldn't get the it. link. <clears throat> I couldn't yes. get the link. So it is now there on Facebook, mm -hmm. and it's also on LinkedIn, and I believe it's also on my websites now. <laughs> so it is something I have to give some kudos out to Bill Kneffel, who's with K Hart Photographers. He did a fabulous job. Bill Kneffel, the Nathan Lane of yes, he is exact. Yes. He looks exactly like Nathan Lane. <laughs> he does. He's such a nice guy. I yeah. love him. So that was fun. So I, I welcome anyone's comments. I'd like to know what you think about it. I, I um, have to tell you that I just talked to my personal photog the other day, oh, Miss Julie Jordan. And what did she say? As I call her. I said, Jules, she goes, I know you need a new headshot five years or so after. I said, yeah, it's pushing on six right now. So oh, mine is eight. Yeah. So <laughs> we got to get a new one. Um, yeah. Although, you know, I don't look any different. So it doesn't really oh, matter. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> that's what Maybe. I said. Could we look better than we did? <gasps> oh, is I don't. No, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. But <clears throat> anyway, speaking of Julie Jordan, yes. as you said, uh, we have um, framed the picture that she took of Patrick and I standing on the porch of the trip house when we had the you had the party there for Sean Sean's graduation but, yeah. from prep. I right. believe it was. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and he looked at that picture and he said, "I just love that. I love that." He said, "Who took this?" I said, "Julie Jordan." He said, "She did a fabulous job." Yeah. Well, job. she is incredible. I always tell her she's the the photog to the stars. She's. <laughs> I was just with her on. Sunday because we had that party I told you about yes. last week at Posh for Coleman. Yes. And although it wasn't a huge turnout, we had about 80 people or so, which That's was okay. nice, but it was the first time and it was fun and we had a lot of, lot of fun with it. We really did. And um, <clears throat> then Joanne just threw up a photo that we put, because we, Frankie Regan was there doing his photo booth. So the, the chairs, the five of us, uh, well, including Dolly, who's the ex executive director, but Dolly Woody, Joanne, Julie, Josh, Mast, and I jumped in the photo booth at the end and got like, you get four different poses. Yeah. And so then Joanne threw the one on Facebook and it really was adorable. <laughs> so we just had so much fun. And and it was another photo. Julie was actually in the photo. In the oh, photo, good. Which always, I always say, Julie, you're always on the other side. Yeah, she never gets but, in front of the camera. Yeah, she's a doll. But we had a great time. And then we had a wonderful time as well at Toyota afterwards when we had Ms. Mrs. Kasha Davis perform for us to promote the upcoming Broadway show Kinky Boots which will happen on March 16th, 17th and 18th at the Cultural Center and is another Broadway performance at Broadway Theater of Scranton and um and just to remind everybody once again that Broadway Theater of Scranton is a separate 501c3 than the Scranton Cultural Center being its own 501. Broadway rents the theater from the Cultural Center, but Broadway and NAC bring the shows into Scranton and they're performed at the Cultural Center. So many people, and I will forever say this, think the Cultural Center is Broadway or Broadway's, they're not too distinct. 501c3 organizations, one being Broadway that brings the shows in with NAC to the broad through to the cultural center, and they are the renter and the Broadway's the rentee. So just to clarify that again, okay. however, um, that's coming up. So we had this wonder. It was a, an event at Toyota in the showroom, mm -hmm. and uh, there were probably seventy people or so, which was 
perfect. And it was so good. And Kasha, or otherwise known as Ed Popel, who graduated from Riverside and lives in Rochester, this was the first time, and he performs in drag, Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that his dad had actually seen him perform. And he was making a joke of it. He said, my father once said to me, Eddie, I will come to visit and see your performance only because I love Toyotas so much, only if you ever do it in a Toyota dealership, which was a joke, but it was just funny how it all came together. So anyway, his dad was there and he sang this song about his mom, who's no longer with him, because he was saying that his mom used to end her phone call by saying, Eddie, remember, I love you to the moon and back. Mm -hmm. And he sang that song and then he went over and shook his dad's hand. I could not stop crying. I was like bawling because I was sitting behind them. It was so touching and beautiful and he kept saying listen please you guys everybody remember i'm a man i just dress in women's clothes to entertain you i'm a man (laughs) which is so important because you kind of lose that and he's like i'm a full-figured woman when i perform but (laughs) uh, he he's one she was wonderful but he is a person ed is a delightful guy and he is very talented and what kind of song does he sing and who was he all different kind of songs he was he was himself and then at the end they always do impersonations yeah so he did one change and he came out as Tina Turner. Okay. And then he did a couple of Tina's songs and Man Oh Man. The entertainment value, his energy is so up. And you know how she moves, yes. Tina. Yes. He's he was part he was wonderful. She it was a sequin one piece number and shaking every sequin he was. It was unbelievable. How did it play in the showroom from the perspective? Fabulous of because the, at the lights well, we had up lights. Okay. Endeavor did the work, and they had up lights, and they turned the showroom lights off, mm-hmm. and then they had a follow light on her the whole time. So um, it was, it really, I got to say, I had so much fun, it, and it made you think of what Kinky Boots is going to be about, because yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's about loving yourself and accepting who you are, and he really set the stage for that, because it's not easy, and like he said, it's not always easy to see your, your son is, a, you know, mm-hmm. is in drag performing, so, yeah. but you have to look, it's, a, it's an art, it's a skill, and he does it great, so, but it was a wonderful but it was very there were poignant moments but there were also it was so much fun he's hysterical and and he was as he was performing he's like oh i see shifts from there i better stop and pick up the porchetta like just <laughs> you know like little things and it, and it makes you feel good because he doesn't live here any longer but yeah. he loves coming back and he had oh, all yeah. of his high school friends in the audience from good. riverside and they were screaming for him it was it was great so thank good. you to toyota who is the se- they are the season sponsors um for broadway theater league this year and thank you we had a great time so we're going to take a really quick break you're listening to laurie and lynn show here's laurie and lynn good morning good morning my name is lynn evans i am managing director of a financial planning firm called women of substance it's a financial planning firm designed specifically for the needs of baby boomer women and i am also the host of a podcast called power of the purse which is available on over 30 different sites but some of them are itunes google play and stitcher and I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I have to say, do you see what I'm drinking? <clears throat> what is it? So during the Oscars, 
Yeah. Was it the oh, Oscars? This, yeah, I think it was. There were all these commercials for bubbly and all yeah, these different flavors, that. and it's no calorie, no sweeteners, no, you know, crazy natural sweet uh, flavors. And I thought, oh, I have to try them because I was always hooked on LaCroix, which I still like. Yes. But some of them, some of the flavors are, I don't, but yes. they're, it's good. So, you know, I just love these things. So I, on Meyer went out on Monday and he bought a couple cases. Cases? To, to, well, yeah, they're packed. Yeah, the cases like 24? No, no, a case of, you know, the pack, the 12 pack of Oh, a, a 12 case. pack. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what else would you say? Package? Uh, I, I don't, don't know. I just think of a case of beers, like, you know, 24. No, no, no. Well, the case of soda, right. whatever. So, so anyway, what I got one is that? this one is strawberry, as they say okay. in Philly. Strawberry. It's delicious. It's, yes. it's the only one I've tasted. But I love the bubbly thing. I love, because, of course, you. I said to you, if I could drink champagne all day long, I starting at breakfast, I would. Yes. Bubbly. So I'm drinking bubbly all day long okay. in this. Okay, very nice. And it is so B-U-B-L-Y. I'm not sure sure i have to look at it but i just love it and they come in all different flavors and the other one we got was grapefruit but they have cherry and lime and orange and i, I so far this one and i love to see the the, the little tab at the top mat it matches the can like nice. it's just cute and of course i have my duncan straw so look at they everything matches oh how perfect and that's important when you're drinking things since i can't drink out of a champagne glass <laughs> well you know we do have our struggles yes, in we life do. <laughs> but i do i just it's really good so i just good. i must say i'm happy good good um we want to talk today can't forget about this that today's international women's ooh, day ooh, ooh, ooh. and even though you're listening to this on saturday we're recording this on thursday which is the real day of uh, international women's day and i actually found an article that i pulled out um from god knows where um a year ago when it was International Women's Day in 2017. And this was a very interesting take on it. And I'm, I'm assuming the numbers are probably going to be changing over the course of the 365 days, but the essence of it is still the same. And the article is uh, by a woman whose name, I, or maybe it's a man, I can't pronounce it. It's something that is something Krishna. And it's M-R-I-N-A-L-I-N-I. -I -I. So I don't know what that is, Krishna. But it's a day without a woman, the economic costs. <laughs> the International Women's Day will also see women protesting to seek social, socioeconomic justice. Uh, organizers of the Women's March in Washington, D.C., now this again was a year ago, have called for a day without a woman and are urging women to take a day off from work, refrain from shopping, and to wear red in solidarity. We decided to take a look at the impact of a day in which all women stopped participating in the economy. Women account for $7.6 trillion of the do gross domestic product of the United States, according to the Center for American Progress. And if all paid women workers in the country took just one day off, the economy would hit would take a hit close to $21 billion. However, it's pointed out that this figure may not be an ideal metric for gauging the impact since it doesn't take into account for the unpaid work women do. 
However, it also doesn't account for the fact that women also dominate some lower paid professions, such as teachers and social workers. But here's a look at the role women play in the economy as a whole. As employees, 47.4% or 76.1 million of the year's labor force comprised of women 16 years or older. Census data shows over 69 million women were employed that year, making 46.8% of the total employed workers in the country. That was in 2015. Uh I'm sure those numbers are dramatically higher now. Education and health services employ most number of women as a category, with 36% of all employed women working in that industry. Retail comes next, employing 13% of women workers, followed by professional and business services. Now, we need to get that up, too. My editorial comment. Yes. Because we need more women in professions and business services. The income and poverty data collected by the Census Bureau shows that in 2015, women with full-time employment had median earnings of $40,742. For every dollar that a man earned on average, a woman made 81 cents. Now, that's an improvement because it used to be 79 cents. So I guess we're moving forward. Women who worked more than 35 hours in a week all year round got medium weekly pay of $726. That's crazy. Those working part-time made up a quarter of all salaried female workers with median earnings of $251 a week. Um, On the flip side, mothers are increasingly the primary breadwinners. Last year, an analysis by the Center for American Progress pointed out that in 2015, 42% of mothers in the country were the sole or primary breadwinners for their family. And in addition, 22% were co-breadwinners, bringing back anywhere between a quarter to a half of the family's income. On expenditures, women outnumber men in the population, according to the latest census numbers. But women's roles, role as consumers stretches beyond their numbers into their decision-making role for the expenses for the household. You and I have talked about this a lot of times, and you kept saying how important it is that we that advertisers have to focus their attention on women because we're the ones who do the buying for yeah, their households. Right. Not only for food, but also the clothing, um, the cars, just about everything that we consume. Women have a very active role in that. And so I remember one time Pat saying something to me about why is it that whenever I look at any commercials on television, the husband or the guy in the family is always made to look like a dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I don't know. I can answer that. I won't. Even go there, but the point—the point is that that you know the more that this appeals to women, the better it is in in terms of the results, the sales results. So it's just funny that he observed that, it, and it, I just wanted to say, <laughs> well, well um, like duh, what do you not get about like it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was so funny. So in 2012, a Fleischmann-Hillard Inc. research estimated that women would have control over 75% of consumer wealth in the following decade. 75%. The very next year, 
A Nielsen report suggested that women have purchasing power between five trillion and fifteen trillion annually. That's a lot of money. And then, as entrepreneurs, um, there's a, a place called Womanable. And that study estimates that there were over 11.3 million women-owned businesses in the United States. That would be a 45% jump from women-owned businesses in 2007. That's huge. Yep. So the research goes on to suggest that 1,072 net new women-owned businesses were started each day, each day since 2007. And the study further predicts that companies owned by women generate $1.6 trillion in revenues with an average of 143000 per firm and employed nearly 9 million people. Wow. So we're making progress here. You go, girl. And we are doing things. So hooray to everybody we know. Oh, this is another funny thing I have to say. I was listening to uh, Sirius Radio, the 60s on 6, when I was driving down here. And yeah. there's a DJ there. Uh-huh. I forget what his name is. But uh, he's a really smart guy. He seems to know everything about everything. He's a really s- smart dude. So some guy called in and said, just wanted to acknowledge that it's International Women's Day. And he said, oh, he said, yes, it, it is. And, and we're celebrating it everywhere around the world. And he said, yeah. And he said, I, uh, this guy said, yeah, I just want to make sure that everybody acknowledges the women of the world and, and what they do. And he said, I want to also thank my special lady. And he mentioned her name like Janice or something like that. And he said, I really appreciate all the women in my, in my world and all the wonderful things they do. So the DJ said to him, well, he said, let me ask you this question. If you could go to any country in the world, because you're really loved the way the women were in that in that country what would you pick and he paused for a minute and he said what did he say wyoming <laughs> why wyoming no everybody started to laugh it's not a country exactly. yeah but the, but why would he say that he just pulled he that probably, out of well his head. maybe he thought he said the united the country you no. know what i mean and not out of any country no i think this guy purposely said, just it, said just it to, to bust ass right oh, to be yeah. funny okay okay so, it was. I was sitting. I was driving in the car, laughing when I was listening to this guy. Wyoming. That was really. Crazy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, there we are. International Women's Day. But also, what did you think of? Speaking of International Women's Day, what did you think of the Oscars? Did you watch them? I watched some of it. I wasn't really all that. Uh, and it's interesting that the next day, I remember listening to the stats about how many people were watching yeah, it was the down, show. They said, and I had the same impression. I hadn't seen any of those movies. I didn't have anything invested in any one of those movies. I very seldom do though, because I haven't been at the movies. But I do keep thinking I'm going to do it more and more. Oh yeah. But I would. I have to tell you, I love Frances McDormand. I oh, think I she do is. Too. And what I love about her, and I may have said this the last time for the Golden Globe when she won, she goes up and shakes hands first with the, the the young people that they have on the stage who help you navigate the stage and get mm-hmm. she goes right up and thanks them I think that speaks volumes to the type of woman she yes, is I do really too. that no who's thinking of that they're not people just ignore them they don't listen to them they're caught up in the moment they don't pay attention on the way out the off the stage they're going in the wrong direction yeah she went, went right up and, and shook their hand mm-hmm and I, yeah, I just I think like that her. is, I, I think she was great. I, and how she made every woman, every other woman stand and gave them a spotlight. I, I think that was 
very, very admirable. Wasn't and she she's the one that, incredible. Yes. Wasn't she the one that said something to uh, Meryl Streep? Come on, Meryl, stand up. Yeah, then everybody the, else. And she goes, <laughs> okay, I'll do it. You know. Yeah, she won, I think, for Fargo, too, didn't she? When, I think um, she did. She was in, yes. I think so, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And by the way, um, Bubbly is uh, distributed by uh, is PepsiCo. Pepsi, PepsiCo. PepsiCo. Either Pepsi or Coke. PepsiCo. Because yeah. who else would have the money to do all the advertising? Well, then, then the other thing is that other one that I told you, the LaCroix stuff, yeah. is, a, is an American um, soda company, but it's distributed by Sundance they said oh, whatever that means I don't so, know who they are yeah okay but that's kind of neat so um but yeah so we're going to take a quick break okay and we will be right back you're listening to the Laurie and Lynn show here's Laurie and Lynn Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a new company called Women of Substance. And I am. it is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. It's available on over 30 different sites, but the ones you might know the best would be iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. How's that? There you go. <laughs> and we are—we do not have a guest expert today because we have um, four, five Saturdays in the month of March. So yeah. we have. This is our um, our guest our our um, guest expert. Uh, free week uh, <laughs> week with uh, the Laurie and Lynn show. So you're listening to moi and Lynn for three segments today. Boy, yay. are you guys lucky. Mm-hmm. How about it? Yeah. Well, so, I, have, I have something I, I think is very much um, right up my alley. How about and mine? What What mine? My alley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we've talked I'm about kidding. this before. And this is, you know, the old story that I say about retirement, that it just gets me so angry when I watch all these things on television, the ads about, you know, do you have enough money and how long will it last? And like get the people prudential scared. things where you yeah. step on the blocks. And-, and it's always been that, you know, you put the post-its up on the wall and you're going to have to give up some of those things. It's always deprivation and it's always a sense of, you know, retirement is is wonderful and working is bad and so if you can't retire then man you better just keep working because you have no choice well this guy who wrote this article thomas Kulopoulos. what i love about it is is his take on it and the connection between living longer and working past traditional retirement age so even one year beyond 65 makes a big difference in your longevity. So I want people to know that working is not bad, that you know you can continue to work and restructure everything in order to make it work for your life. Nobody said it has to be an all or nothing scenario. Like it used to be. Yes, like 65. Because it really did. You, you, no one, how many people do you remember that had another job after they retired from their job. If they did, it was something like I remember this, the the school crossing guards. 
you know, those oh, yeah, guys. They, after the, yeah, yeah so they, they did would some, get up in the morning and right, see the kids. And, right. Or school bus drivers. But I mean, I mean something that you're building, a career that you're, no. you're not just doing it because you want to keep busy and it's something you think you can do and, and for, you have your summers off and yeah, that kind of and thing. And then you'd have some um, pocket money or something. You right. Know. No, 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 no. This, this is saying... He, and not the, to minimize that job. It's very important. I it just is. mean that you're not looking to move up and or do your own thing or that kind of stuff I, is how I mean that. And, and the title of this article is, It's Time to Say It. Retirement is dead. <laughs> this is what will take its place. And so what he's saying is that the uh, the um, there's a, a saying that he, he started looking at, and I, I first time I saw it when I read this, I thought, wow, that is so true. And it's, we get old when the weight of our memories and regrets starts to exceed that of our dreams. That's very true. So it's a state of mind that you get old when you start just thinking about what was and and you have nothing to look forward to and that's traditionally what retirement has been so in 1935 when the social social security act was passed the age of retirement was set at 65 and that's because the average life expectancy at that point was 61 <sighs> so everybody thought yeah four years later you're gone Maybe it might last till 70. But obviously, today the average life expectancy is just under 80. Under 80. And actually, I think it's more than that because statistically, I've seen people, many of them, well into their 80s. I mean, my mom passed when she was 86. Mm -hmm. Her mother was 92. Uh, my Her father, my grandfather, was 88. And that was... 30 years ago, I know. you know, so it is that we are, we just live longer. So he says that that one fact about the design of social security speaks volumes to how outdated our views and mechanisms for retirement are. So the percentage of workforce representing workers over 65 has doubled since 1992, and that's expected to continue. If you plot the increase in life expectancy along the increase in work life expectancy, that's the average age at which people stop working, the two actually merge in the year 2100. I often joke that if the work-life trend line continues on its trajectory after 2100, we'll all be working after we're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so, yet we're heading for an economic disaster by ignoring the implications of increased life and work-life expectancy. The numbers are startling. 34% of workers have no savings whatsoever. Another 35% have less than 1,000. Of the remaining 31%, less than half have more than $10,000. And among older workers between 50 and 55, the median savings is 8 thousand dollars and that includes retirement accounts contrast that with the fact that experts the ones we were just referring to say you should have eight times your pre-retirement income saved in order to retire by 65 and continue a reasonable quality of life so <clears throat> he starts then with what he calls the retirement myth 
The truth is that we are doing an enormous disservice to society by setting retirement as an end goal to a long career. Advances in longevity are making supporting retirement for another 20 to 30 years impossible for 90% of all U.S. workers whose only source of income is Social Security, which only pays an average of just $1,300 a month. While paid media ads that talk about retirement planning seem to be everywhere, as we just said, mm -hmm. the, fa the reality is that very few people are actually benefiting from retirement savings or planning. Although boomers have an outstanding 50 plus trillion dollars in wealth they will be transferring to millennials. This is the part that really is bizarre to me. 80% of that wealth is concentrated among less than 20% of the boomers. Wow. So that's scary. Wow. So even if you're lucky enough to be among the 20% who have a million plus, there is some evidence that the classic notion of retirement may actually be harmful to your health. The recent Guardian article about research on aging and retirement casts an interesting light on the topic. According to the article, they found that healthy retirees who worked a year longer over the age of 65 had an 11% lower mortality risk. Even the unhealthy group reduced their likelihood of dying by 9%. An analysis of the study was published in the Harvard Business Review. While it's hard to draw broad-based conclusions about the link of retirement to health from this or other research, there's certainly growing evidence that working longer, especially at something you love to do, contributes to a sense of well-being and purpose that may increase longevity and certainly the quality of your life. And so he talks about something called the third act, which I think I also referred to in my book, Power of the Purse, <clears throat> available. On Amazon.com. Thank you. Um, that <clears throat> this is really something that we have to start doing because for most of us, we're not done when we're 65. We have another 20 years or more with our lives. So what will you do with that time? And that's why we call it the third act. But it's... Um, it's just amazing how we just ignore it and all kinds of retirement planning that's been done and still is being done fails to address that issue. All they look at in any retirement projections is how much money will you have and how long will it last? Okay, we've got to do something about that because that's insane. There's much more to it. And then he finishes by saying, if you love it, why leave it? And he asked... Um, respondents if they agreed with the statement I love what I'm doing so much I can't imagine doing anything else 15% absolutely agreed 50% strongly agreed and more than 75% at least somewhat agreed so if you're lucky enough to be in that majority why not keep doing it bottom line is that the old rules were built on an economy and a society in which retirement was seen as a release from bondage the liberating act from a lifetime of work they were built for a time when most work was manual and labor intensive when brains were less valuable than brawn the new rules for a world are for a world in which knowledge is the universal currency for creating value so why not create an, a lifetime that will give you the greatest experience of your life? Thank uh -huh. you, Mr. 
Colopolis. Yes. He said exactly what I've been trying to say and have said for years. I just get so tired of seeing people feel so depressed and so upset that they can't retire when in fact retire doesn't mean the absolute cessation of income from work. I, I know. I don't. Yeah. I think though less and less people think about, or, or I think there's less people that don't you think when they're talking, they're not, they're like, oh, I could do that. I don't, I, I don't even look at it that way. Uh, I'll tell you, that's one of the questions that I ask people when I do the initial intake to see if there's a fit. Mm-hmm. And I talk to them about, you know, retirement and they say, oh, I'm not going to retire. M- more people say that, that to yeah. me than people and that's who a don't. good sign. It's a great sign. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Because it's not a bad thing. No, and I asked them, If you what like what you, you do? do, as you just said, and that gentleman just said, it's always good to keep going. And if you're good at it, what the heck? Why not? Keep it up, baby. Yeah. Well, I, I also want to say, too, um, a, a dear friend of mine passed away. Who's that? The other day on March, I think it was March 5th. Um, Beachy Germain, Michelle Penetard. Do you know Michelle? Michelle's mom and Pierre's mom and Simonette's mom and Greg's mom, uh, Beachy, it was one of the most beautiful, regal, little spitfires I think I've ever in my life met. I loved her with her Italian accent. I just absolutely adored her for years and years and years and years. When I would see her, I would just think, oh my God, what a wonderful, beautiful woman. And her children are incredible people and she and frank frank germain her husband their dad just passed away in november Mm -hmm. and now um beachy a few months later and i said when i heard she passed i didn't even know that she was sick but i heard i said to myself they what that is a true love story that they could not be apart because Mm -hmm. a few months later she's gone and she's now in heaven with frank and everybody frank was much beloved frank germain in the social services world and um BJ, an incredible lady. She was from Bologna and, uh, and, and therefore made the best bolognese sauce. Of course. Um, so, but an incredible lady. Yeah. Uh, their chil- her children are, their children are wonderful people in our, our area. Simonette lives out of town, but Greg and Michelle and, and, um, Pierre Germain are uh, wonderful, wonderful people. So I just want them to know they're in our thoughts and prayers and what a mom. She's, mm. I love you, Beachy. She was the best. Yeah. So um, that funeral's happening in a couple of days. So, and Michelle is the director of nursing for Hospice of the Sacred Heart. So I, I, it, I love Michelle. I always have, but now I get to work with her a little more and I love it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my story. Anything else you have to say before we close out? I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. Well, enjoy your week, everybody. And again, we always thank you for listening. And oh, and my friend at church, I saw him the other day, my buddy at a four o'clock mass, and he tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, great show today. That was last <laughs> last Saturday at the cathedral. I said, oh, thanks. I gave you a shout out. So I'm shouting out again. Yay. Anyway, um, we will see you soon. Stay safe and please be nice. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.